0: Would you grab your Bibles and go to John chapter 4? When I was in grade 12, we were um, in English class. They were, they were teaching us about you know, the very basics, uh,
1: sort, of, and it sort of, starts with an introduction. And then there's this incident that moves into rising action. In other words, the plot is building for something. It builds for the climax, right? And then after the climax, there's called the falling action, or um, in French, it's the denouement, right? And I had a, I had a teacher who didn't know French, and you can laugh at my terrible pronunciation, but she said, Did you mean that I think it's French. And, it went, and I, I've been laughing for 20 years at that, and you didn't laugh at all. This stuff, so sorry. That's all I got. Um, but I, I was reminded of that this and especially this morning, as, as we were moving towards the end of this account of the woman at the well. And there's a way of reading these verses as though they're the falling action, as though they're the ding law, right? And we would be completely wrong if we did. What we are reading today is the climax of this interaction with Jesus and the woman of love. Do not read it as though he's just wrapping up loose ends. Jesus is wrapping up some loose ends. John's wrapping up some loose ends before he moves on to his next thing. It is not it at all. And if we read it that way, we will have completely miss the point, And we will have missed God's heart for people in the process. We are not in the falling action. We are at the climax today. Please read it that way. I am going to read the entire story. From the beginning to the end, so please read with me. Um, I'm reading along in the NIV. I'm starting in John four verse three, and we're going to go all the way to verse forty-two, right okay? to the to the conclusion, the climax, the conclusion of this um, this interaction with this woman, and what happens after that. So Jesus left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. He came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, and it was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? The Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, "If you knew the gift of God and who asks you for a drink, you would have asked Him, and He would have given you living water." Sir, the woman said, "You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons in son? Haran?" Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. And he told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband. She Jesus said to her, You are right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is you had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will work at the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We Jews work all we know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will work at the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, and he just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do wanted want or why are you talking to her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town. And she said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I, have ever, I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? So they came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. His disciples said to each other, It's only about food. My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields, they're ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town
0: This is the word of the Lord. I'd like to begin by picking up where we left off last week, and I wish she was here, but Lydia asked us
1: a, a profound question at the end of last week's mm-hmm. service. She said, why is it that Jesus says, if you come to me and drink, you'll never thirst again,
0: but we have to keep asking to be filled with the Spirit. That question. It stumped us.
1: Just amazing, amazing. Um, And I'm so grateful that Lydia asked that question because a number of people, I suspect, but at least one, a number were thinking about this question through the week. Can we answer this question? And and Heather Plett sent me an email on on Thursday. And and I think Heather found the answer. So I'd like to share with you her answer. She said, I think of it a little bit like the fact that if I am continually drinking water all day long, I don't gulp down big glasses suddenly at the end of the day. I don't have thirst because I'm regularly drinking through
0: the day. That's why we keep asking to be filled with the Spirit. Because we keep coming to Jesus and asking for more of Him and He keeps giving and it quenches thirst,
1: and we keep going. And it keeps the thirst away because we continually come back to the only one that can quench our thirst. And that was a brilliant, brilliant answer to a brilliant question. And I am so grateful. You know, I, I said it last week. I say this often, the sermon is not the last word. It's the next word in an ongoing conversation that we need to be having around scripture. And you just saw that demonstrated. I didn't have the answer someone else did, and that's why God gives us each other. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Lydia. Um, Blessings to both of you. Um, And that's that's not an incidental point to the passage. So let me just remind you, as we have walked through this passage over the last number of weeks, that Jesus goes to Samaria because he has to. And yet if you look on a map and if you know anything about Jewish history, they didn't normally go that way. They normally went around Samaria. So he didn't have to geographically. He had to, and it wasn't a time thing either. It's not like he was aiming to get somewhere by a certain date, because even in this passage, it said that they asked him to stay in Samaria, and he stayed two days longer. He changed his plans. He didn't have to go through Samaria.
0: But he did have to because he was being led by the spirit he was constantly drinking from. Constantly. Ongoing flow, ongoing connection, break right with the season, Right? Be filled with the spirit, which is the present tense of the command. Jesus demonstrates it. He is the one. Uh, Above all others
1: who demonstrates the perfect life of what it means to walk in the spirit, to keep in step with the spirit, to be constantly in touch with the Lord to the point where our paths are directed because he's talking to us. He's directing us. He had to go to Samaria and then he had to have this conversation with this woman. At this particular time. And he speaks. Out of hearing the Lord. reveal
0: something to him. About the issue. In her life. And he addresses it. And it opens up something for her. But she dodges
1: it. And says yeah. well, There's this whole worship conversation. There's this whole Messiah thing. And Jesus gets around that and says no. And he reveals something. Of himself to her. And between what he says to her about your history and what he says to her about this is actually who I am, I am impressed between those two things together, there's a click, there's an aha. And she suddenly realizes what she has to do,
0: And she runs back to the town. Okay? And what does she tell them? The, the two things that, that made the click for her. She told me everything I ever did, and this might be the Christ. And now the scene changes. Right? Okay.
1: And Jesus is still at the well. His disciples return, and they're urging him to eat, and he says, "I food you know nothing about. Mark touched on this last week during our introduction and Q&A. Let's just pause on it again. Jesus hasn't eaten anything. He's tired. He's famished. But he has found nourishment that comes only from a constant flow with the Lord and doing what the Lord has asked him to do. And there's a renewal that is possible for us when we are doing what the Lord asks us to do that we will not find anywhere else. You know, so many of us, myself included, we often say at the end of a busy day, "All I need is to turn my
0: brain off and sit in front of the tube and relax." Right? Or all we want to do is get the kids to bed and play Doctor Mario. Right? Or whatever your
1: thing is. But we we sometimes find ways of saying. I, don't, I need to disengage and just whatever. I'm not saying this is right? Uh, but I, what I am saying is that there are, there are ways that we get renewal from the Lord that mean continuing to do what He's asked
0: us to do even when we're tired. And we'll only find those if we're being led by the Spirit. He
1: has food to eat. Learn to access. And notice, would you look at your, your Bible in that particular verse with me? I'll have to it I didn't write down the verse. I Good not food. My food, verse 34, Jesus says,
0: is to be the will of the new who sent me and to, what does your translation say? Finish his work. Think about that for a moment. God has done the bulk of the heavy lifting in in our lives and other people's lives. He has done the bulk of the work.
1: And yet, He leaves some incomplete and waits for people who are keeping in step with the Spirit, constantly in
0: touch with Him, continuing to drink who will step into the work that God is doing and finish God's work. That is how important you are. That is how important Tuesday at 10 o'clock is to you. I
1: have no idea what Tuesday at 10 o'clock is. I'm picking a rant. I'm just saying. Random times. You don't know what you are stepping into. But as you are constantly in touch with the Lord, continuing to listen to his voice, to walk and step with the Spirit, that you will actually be used by God to complete God's work. He did not map out your life and decide He will do this, 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 and this, as though there were no opportunities for you to step in and with your, your mind and your will in touch with the spirit, say, I am going to step into an opportunity here. And I can take it or leave it. And I get a chance to complete his work. God has created the world and designed our lives in such a way that some opportunities will be realized only
0: if we are keeping in step with him. And it's the opportunity to complete his work. I just, I think it's absolutely incredible. God entrusts us
1: with this kind of responsibility. I mean, he started it in the garden, right? It's all good and very good, and yet there's still a job for Adam and Eve to do. That's the same with our lives. He places so much value in you and trust in you that he will leave his work unfinished, incomplete for those whose desire is to be nourished on his will, to do his will, and to complete his work. Your your dignity is rising,
0: our responsibility is also rising. But this is what God has given us, it's incredible. And it's gonna happen at your work. It's gonna happen in your neighborhood. It's going to happen over your next coffee with a friend. It's not simply
1: gonna happen because the church organized the program and you showed up. It's gonna happen in the places at Christmas time where you and I are gonna go and we're gonna have conversations with people who don't know Jesus. When we celebrate a season that has his name, but they're, they're not the least bit interested in him. And yet, if we walk in the spirit and follow Jesus' example, we will complete works that he has prepared for us. Right? Ephesians 3, 7, 2.
0: God has prepared in advance good works for his people to walk in. Okay? You have so much dignity. You have so
1: much work. He places so much value in and so much trust. And he
0: can't wait to see what you and I do with the opportunities that we have, as we stand in touch with him. And he has to re um, refocus the way that they see things.
1: Right? He says to the disciples, "Open your eyes and look. The fields are ripe for harvest." There are so many opportunities for us to complete the work that God has left unfinished for us to step into, and he, he said that you are actually stepping into others' neighborhood and you are going to you're going to reap what
0: other people have sown, but they need to see it first. How are we ever going to see it if we don't have a heart for it? Do we have a heart to see people come to Jesus who don't currently know
1: him? How much time do you and I spend in prayer asking that the Lord would save people by name who, who don't currently know him or are not currently walking with him?
0: That will probably
1: give us a pretty good understanding of where our heart is actually at for those who are not currently walking with Jesus. And the disciples didn't have a heart for the Samaritans. And and some of us, myself included, need, need to become more sensitive and tender towards the fact that there are people who don't know Jesus. And the only way that we are going to step into and complete the works that the Father has for us to complete is if we have a heart for that kind of work. And the way we're gonna know if we have a heart for that kind of work is if we're stepping into it in prayer first. Challenge you, and challenge yourself. Let's pray for those that we want to see come to Jesus. Let's not just say, Oh, I want brothers so and so. I want neighbors so and so to mean Jesus. Let's start it in prayer. And then watch for the opportunities because that's, what, I suspect, that's what happened with Jesus, right? We had to go through Samaria
0: because he had a heart for the people of Samaria. The disciples did not. May I be rebuked by that and ask for more of his heart so that I will
1: see the harvest. So that because he said the harvest is everywhere. It's not just 10 o'clock on Tuesday. It's it's at 1201 today. It's close of to the service. There's a the harvest here, by the way. It's not just out there.
0: It's not just people coming to Jesus, but people coming back to Jesus, with people taking their next step with Jesus. We have a heart to see people take their next steps with Jesus too.
1: We have a heart to call people to something more. We have a heart to call ourselves to something more. That church isn't just about the boost to our already great lives. But that this becomes about a radical
0: reordering of our entire lives that we follow Jesus for the sake of a harvest. If you know anything about the geography of uh, Palestine, the Holy Land, if you've been there, um, do you know which way the Jordan River flows? Close no. south. Okay? It flows from Galilee, the lake Melody, Sea of Galilee as a lake, fresh water,
1: right? Okay? And flows south to what? The Dead Sea. Very good. The Dead Sea is the lowest place on Earth. The Dead Sea has everything pouring into it and nothing pours out of it. It's actually kind of toxic, apparently. It ends up being the place where everything is dumped. right? The fresh water goes there to die. No, I shouldn't say that. Um,
0: the the, the fresh water goes there and brings the one. That, There's a vision in Ezekiel of, of living water, fresh water flowing out of the temple, and it heads
1: toward the Dead Sea. And as it heads toward the Dead Sea, what it does is bring everything to life in the desert on the way there. And when it gets to the Dead Sea, it brings life to the Dead Sea itself. So there actually becomes fish in the Great Hill. It's, it's a prophetic vision of what happens when God intervenes with his people and pours out his spirit. That His spirit and his people together go to places that are dead
0: and bring life and bring healing. The, the goal... What Jesus has here, what he models for his people, is that we
1: become so filled with the spirit of life that we cannot help but go to people who don't know Jesus. Then we cannot help but exude the Light. It just comes out of us. It's like we're sweating. That we're, we, are, we are pouring out the Holy Spirit because he has been poured into us. He was out, and it changes everything. It changes people's lives. I want that for myself this Christmas. I want that for you and for us together, that God would increase His in spirit in our lives, that the river might flow and bring life to everything and everyone around. You. We are called to be filled with the Spirit for the sake
0: of those who don't get Jesus. This is the example. That's why this is the climax of this story. Because
1: Jesus goes to the the people who are dead and who need him. And there's a harvest that comes. It brings life. It may that be so for you and for me. I, I, may that be our prayer for Christmas. I'm going to give us a moment to pray, to reflect, and to ask the Lord how he wants us to respond his word, because
0: I want to see this become my life. I want to see this become our lives. Lord, would you let my words fall away and yours remain? Would you
1: speak to us now as we offer you a moment of silence and reflection? would you speak to us now about how you want us to respond to the message that
0: you bring from your beautiful gospel? (laughs) The <laughs> Morning. Want to. Testing, testing. Hey, Marco. Thank you. I want to invite you to come back tonight. Over the last
1: number of weeks, Noah Cajun has been training us in evangelism like this. And tonight we're going to spend some time reflecting on those last couple of weeks as he's taking groups out in a freezing, freezing cold to this city to share some love, to share some loves, to pray over people, and to and to see what God is at work there and where there's a the purpose. And some of you have been coming from training, and that's no problem. Come in, come to the reflection, come as we start to talk about what might be next. But this is actually happening here. And it's something
0: that's calling us to do we have that one? No commitment required. Let's pray. Right. Lord, I want to see people come to Jesus. I want to see people come back to Jesus. That's, that's what the Samaritans were in that sense. People needed to come back to you. Lord, would you guide us in taking our next steps with you for the sake
1: of the world in need, for the sake of the families that we're and family members that we're going to spend time with over these next number of weeks, during Christmas and New Year's. Lord, would you make us a blessing to them by filling us with your spirit and teaching us to walk in step with you so that we speak your words as we are led by you, so that we love people with your heart. Can you open our eyes to see the opportunities, to see the harvest, to see the places where you have left your words
0: incomplete and invited your children to step in and join you in what you are doing. Lord, you open us as a church to a heart for evangelism that goes beyond opening
1: doors. On a Sunday morning? Lord, would you make us people
0: who share your good news with others? Thank you. I'm excited about what you invite us into. through Scripture, I'm excited about what you are inviting us into. We'll your Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship We're going to sing this song again. and begin last song, songs. Um, my chance then is, uh, and those are